This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. It's Friday, November 16th, and I'm feeling sad. Thanks, Rich, for those words of encouragement. After playing some Swords and Wizardry Light with my kids this weekend, I have some really new ideas on how exactly I want to approach this 5e light experiment. And with that, I think it's time for a new microburst. Hey Frank, thanks for putting that out there. I'm really glad that I could uh, give you a boost of inspiration. Uh, it's one of those things that I like doing. It makes me feel good inside. Uh, on a side note, oh my God, I hate the Anchor app. First of all, I listen to everything at two times six, or 2.6 times speed and Oh my god, listening to it at regular speed sounds crazy. Frank, you sound like a rambling drunk. Come on, spit it out, spit it out, spit it out. Uh, just kidding. Uh, two times six is a little bit too intense for some people to handle, but uh, man, that's just one of the foibles of the Anchor uh, platform. Uh, I think Tim from Gothridge Manor was saying something similar. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard, hard thing to get to get used to using again um, once you're used to a good podcast podcatcher. Uh, I've, uh, I don't listen to anything on Anchor anymore except for voice messages. Um, and the only time I open Anchor is to record something, uh, either for a voice message or for my own podcast. Uh, it makes it a little bit of a pain in the ass to do. I can't just push that message button, but I don't have to worry about endlessly loading segments. I don't have to worry about where I was, where I left off memorizing that time code. I don't have to worry about, um, things just disappearing the way Anchor does. Uh, enough about the rant on Anchor. On to better things. And that, by the way, was Frank from Frank T's Liner Notes, another great Anchor cast on um, this platform. Uh, there's a couple of Anchor casts that I listen to, or there's a bunch of Anchor casts I listen to all the time. I think I'm north of 25 now that, uh, that are in our little kind of circle group. And uh, I just want to mention a couple real quick. Um, Spike Pit, if you're not listening to Spike Pit, please start listening to Spike Pit. He has started... Um, uh, collaborating with other anchorites and uh, making these joint podcasts kind of uh, interviews uh, crossing the boundaries of the anchor platform. It's wonderful. Um, they're great to listen to. Um, Colin is amazing to listen to. And he, as many have said, is the backbone of this anchorites movement for us. Uh, he He's super encouraging. And I know that anytime I'm feeling like I'm not doing the right thing or not feeling like that my last episode was the greatest, uh, boom, there is Colin in my inbox saying something great about my last episode. So thanks, Colin. Uh, you're keeping us all here. Um, also, off the top of my head, uh, Gilligan's Island of ADD just published a new episode. Um, Follow Me and Die, and uh, I mentioned Tim at Gothridge Manor earlier. These are all podcasts that I listen to as they come out, as soon as I can, as soon as life allows it. So... Maybe you should pick up Anchor, check these guys out, or hey, be smart and subscribe to them on Pocket Casts. Like I said in the intro, I'm sad. I've had a long week. I've had a hard week. I've had a bad week. Um, they happen, right? Um, I didn't think I'd be recording today, uh, although I really wanted to record today, and I was going to push myself to record today no matter how I felt, but I was really thinking that after uh, my day, I wasn't going to feel like recording. Um, I'm happy to say that I am totally wrong. I feel like recording. I'm in a really good mood. 
Uh, I still had a hard week. It was still a bad week, but I feel like I'm in a good place now. Um, I got some work today and tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna make some quick monies uh, for some easy work. And I always love when that happens, uh, especially being unemployed. Uh, actually, I'm nearly employed. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back on a job offer. Uh, basically, I got to pass a background check and I'm in. Uh, I passed the interview with Flying Colors. The guy like threw down his papers in the middle of uh, the interview and was like, nope, that's it. We're done. Let's go talk to HR. Uh, so uh, the interview went swimmingly. Um, and that boosted my confidence in the middle of the week. But I still had a really, really crappy week. Um, anyway, enough about the crappy week. Uh, let's talk about my crappy night tonight. Uh, tonight is game night. How exciting, right? No, no, I'm sick. I don't feel good right now. Uh, like I said, I've got uh, two days of work. Uh, I had to get up at five today. I was thinking I'm gonna have to get up at five tomorrow. Turns out I'm not gonna have to get up till seven, so I probably could have had a game night tonight, um, but I canceled it yesterday. Um, and I don't know if I need to have a game night tonight, you know? Uh, I've had, um, I've been sick the last couple days and staying out till midnight or one and getting up at seven and going out and uh, standing in the elements and working, uh, it, it, it's not conducive to being sick, right? Uh, I'm trying to get better here, not worse. So as much as it pains me and as sad as it makes me, um, game night had to be canceled. Uh, there was a question about maybe it being next week, but it's Black Friday. I don't want to really, uh, I, I'm sure something's going to happen on that day. You know, my wife likes to go shopping. Um, so I might try and go with her this year. Uh, the, the baby is old enough to stay with somebody who doesn't go shopping. Uh, and he is cooperative enough to stay with someone who doesn't go shopping. So maybe, uh, me and my wife can go out shopping. Um, but game night being canceled is almost a blessing in disguise because, because of my bad week, uh, because, because don't you know, um, I have not put any time into prep. I have not done much more than think about how lacking in prep my game is. Um, so, so this gives me two more weeks to prep, and I, I'm really, I'm really struggling here to to figure out what happens next, right? So, uh, and I'm, and my main struggle is I haven't sat down, I haven't made the time to sit down, and and write it out you know I've got I've got some mechanisms in my back pocket that I can throw down and make some stuff happen um, I, I know I was talking about doing faction moves from Red Tide and um, I just haven't or it's from Echo Resounding I think not Red Tide uh, same guy same setting uh, different books um, but I, I, I set up this whole kind of uh, faction structure for me to to work out you know and uh, I did, I did like four iterations of it. Um, no, two iterations of it with two different groups. And I've got something like 20 groups in my city that I need to kind of like spit this stuff out with. Um, I remember last time I kind of uh, broke those groups up into, into groups, right? I said, okay, this guy's probably controlling these groups. This guy's probably controlling these groups. So I may have it even down to even less, right? If I go through and say, okay, these guys are a chain of groups, these guys are a chain of groups, and these guys are a chain of groups, I may only have four or five. And uh, if, I, if I make some faction moves on them, and uh, definitely after this queen being gone for so long, right, the queen of the kobolds, Queen Nevermean, 
uh, after her being gone for so long, there is definitely some faction moves to be made, right? I've been thinking about them, like, the people who had her murdered, um, the, the, the police force, the, um, the city guard or the city watch, uh, the guard guard the walls and the watch watch the streets, uh, something like that. I think that's the way it goes. I don't know. I, I, I pasted it into my one note. Um, I got it from Dragon Heist. I loved it. It, uh, it, 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 it made it so I could remember which is the military and which is the police force. But it works either way is the problem. The guards guard the walls and the watch watch the streets. Um, I think it's the watch watches water deep is what it was. Um, but it could go the other way, right? The watch watches the walls and the guards guard water deep. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, I, I think the watch watches water deep. So, uh, that's what I'm going with. I'm, I'm going to look it up later. Uh, however many times it takes to memorize, I'll memorize it. Uh, but I wrote it down somewhere important, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I'll be able to find it again. That's all I know. I love OneNote. You can search in it. Anyway, enough of that rambling nonsense. Let's go back to what I was talking about. Right? So, um, I've at least got the watch, right? In this, um, in this position where they wanted to take out Nevamine. Uh, so they, they obviously have something waiting to fill that vacuum, right? They're not just going to haphazardly recruit these guys from, you know, a country and a half away to come in and raise hell for no good reason, right? These are, these are lawful people who've, who've done this, right? These are people who, who thrive on order. These aren't agents of chaos who are like, yeah, screw everything. Uh, let's just kill the queen today. No, they're, they, they had a plan. There's a formula here, and I've got to figure out what that plan is and what that formula is. So I think by taking a look at the faction moves again, uh, I can see... Well, I mean, logically thinking about it, they want to step into that vacuum, right? They want to put somebody into that vacuum who's going to work with the watch. Um, Queen Nevamine was known for standing up against the big people, right? Uh, she was in favor of the kobolds, and she she wanted them not to be uh, trod upon, right? So the the watch is obviously going to have a problem with this if they're full of you know big people supporters. I don't know how we want to say that racists, basically. Um, if they are you know uh, humanists, let's call them, or uh, humanoidists. I don't I don't even know. Uh, the, the classic racists. <laughs> um, so they're going to have to like find uh, a kobold who knows that they are um, not in charge, right? That they are that they are subservient to the watch. Uh, so I, I that's how it's going to happen. That's what the watch is going to do. But while the watch is doing this, I think that, um, so the way the faction moves work as written in, um, an echo resounding, uh, supplement for Red Tide setting by Kevin Crawford. Uh, can I get a new sponsor? Yes, I think so. That's a, that's a good sponsor to have right there. Uh, Red Tide is an amazing book. I think I've talked about it before. I know I've talked about it before. Uh, again, I'm rambling. Um, so the way it works in Red Tide is you, um, you have a role and a target number, basically. Uh, and you need to make, like, three of these roles, I think. Um, and the way it works is the PCs would get 
like two faction moves and the NPCs, uh, assuming the PCs control like one faction, and the NPC factions would get one move each. So to make three rolls, you're gonna have to go over three periods, right? So I'm looking at months as a period. Um, and this is, this is another reason why I haven't done faction moves recently is because we're still in the same month. Um, so the, the, the month that I, I started faction moves on is Red Leaf and that's the month that we're in. I went back in time and did, I think two iterations of it. So I did Red Leaf in the month before. Um, I may have done the month before as well. And I noted um, who made the moves and what their roles were. So I could go back and reference them, right? Um, so I, I'm gonna reference, because uh, I'll need to reference them to figure out how many roles they failed, uh, how many roles they've succeeded. If you fail a roll, if you come back to that roll, I think you get a plus two or something like that. Um, it's all very mechanically sound. So what I'm gonna do is go back and find the time that never mean disappeared, okay? And I believe it was in the middle of the previous month or the end of the previous month. Um, so that means the, the faction move for Red Leaf by whoever controls the watch, which I think I know who it is. Um, and I, I think they have sufficient motivation to do this, right? Um, they will make a faction roll to take over her her throne, I guess, if we want to call it, her section of the city, her her position of power. There, that's what it is. Uh, that will make a roll to take over her position, right? And uh, the the month of Red Leaf is is ending soon, I believe, um, with the, uh, the the I think the barrel makers are having a um, uh, a vote for um, leadership of the guild. I think it's the barrel maker. Somebody's, some guild is having a vote at the end of the um, the month, and uh, that's quickly approaching. So um, once that month ends, then they'll get another faction roll, right? But they're going to be competing with others as well, because others are going to notice this power vacuum, and they're going to try to usurp this power, right? Um, it may be uh, a different kobold. It may be. A, um, a different kobold king, right? Might try to move in and, and take both of these positions under, under themselves, right? Um, the thing with the kobold kings, though, their, their position is largely um, uh, not public, that's not the word. It's um, largely um, popular. All right, uh, so it's it's determined by popularity. Um, so Queen Nevamine is still queen because the people love her, right? So just because someone else tries to get into that that spot that's been vacated doesn't mean that they're gonna be able to get back into that spot, right? Um, and especially when Nevamine comes back, it it might just be that Nevamine comes back and that's it, you know, that. Yeah, so sorry, I see that you put a lot of work in here and trying to take over my spot, but you know, it's my spot and that people love me. So so this, this is interesting and I need to do a lot of reading on it. Um, 
I think. I need to sit down and I need to read the Kobold King section of uh, Zobek Gazetteer. Um, there is some stuff in Streets of Zobek I want to reread. Um, Goldscale, I think this is a, a good time to introduce Goldscale. He is a, um, a golden kobold paladin. Uh, he has, uh, he claims gold dragon heritage and his scales are gold to prove that. Uh, so I think this is, this is a good time for ha to have him as a champion of the kobolds, right? Uh, this is what he does. The stuff that Nevamine supports is the stuff that Goldscale does. He champions the kobolds and protects them from those that would oppress him, right? And um, this is this is like a whole theme on oppression. Um, so I think I think what I really need to do is sit down and write a front for this. Uh, front is a dungeon world term, and basically it's an organization for um, a situation to happen. Okay, so the cultists want to open. A portal to the abyss, right, is, is a good example we can use. Uh, so what would the cultists have to do to, um, to do this, right? So um, the cultists take actions and there are impending dooms, right? So they, they, they make an action and that's connected to the impending doom, I believe. It's been a long time since I looked at friends. Um, Xanathar's Guide to Everything has foils, um, which is another way of looking at friends, I believe. Uh, and the foils all take actions that lead to some confrontation with the players. Um, and that, that's more player-centric, and that's more uh, you've made an enemy and they're kind of coming after you. And I think the Dungeon World Front is more of a, hey, this is what's going on. If you don't pay attention to it, this is what's going to happen. So I think sitting down and writing up a front for... Um, the usurpation of Queen Nemavine's throne uh, is is my next goal. Um, I might be able to tell you how that goes. I can tell you how it goes, but I'm not going to be able to fill you in on the details because, uh, uh, again, my sneaky players are listening. Um, so aside from the Nevamine plot, because, again, I don't want to uh, railroad my players into an adventure. I'm trying really hard to, like, make this as abstract as I can, right? To make this so uh, there is um, stuff going on around um, the city. Um, I, I w I've got a couple other plots that I want to kind of kind of suss in, right? Um, I've got... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like a city invasion. Uh, sounds really cool. Uh, I'm thinking about um, some... Uh, a tomb or a dungeon or or something out in the wilderness that I can send them to. Um, I, I'm thinking about doing some hex crawling. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking that I, I really want them to make their own adventures, right? I want them to tell me where they want to go. Um, but I, I can't just say, okay, where do you want to go? Because they're going to they're gonna latch on to the last plot they had. So then we're going to go down this never made story. So what I'm going to do is uh, write out a couple of things that are going on in the city. Um, like I said, uh, I, I'm thinking about an invasion story or an invasion adventure, I guess. I'm thinking about um, uh, a dungeon out in the wilderness. Maybe somebody stumbled upon it. Maybe a new map surfaced, uh, something like that. Um, I, I'm going to spread some rumors around. Um, there is a... Um, 
a creature. I don't remember what this creature's called. I think it was from Creature Codex. Um, again, should be a sponsor of my show, Creature Codex. Not even Cobalt Press, just Creature Codex should sponsor my show, right? Um, they, <laughs> this book has given me so many ideas. Uh, and, uh, and I need to sit down and read Tome of Beasts again because I never read it straight through and Creature Codex has given me so many ideas just from reading it. Uh, but there's this creature that kind of just like, uh, hangs out and patrols gates and, um, Jason Hobbs runs a Kalmata campaign. Actually, was it Kalmata? I don't remember if it was Kalmata or not, but I think it was, um, where, uh, when you go back to town, you can bribe the guards if you want. And uh, you can bribe the guards. Uh, you, you either tell them where you got the information or you bribe them and say, we don't want to tell you where you got the, we got the information, right? It's kind of like, a, I think there was a tax they, they basically implemented where 10% and you told them where you got it or 25% and you didn't tell them where they got it. This creature kind of sits on ramparts and protects, um, protects the city or something like that. I don't even remember what it's called. Um, if I wasn't driving, I'd look it up right now because it's in my, uh, my OneNote uh, notes um, under rumors. Anyway, so this thing can have rumors for the players, right? This thing could be like, hey, you know, these scrubs over here, these adventurer scrubs, um, went and they cleared out level one of this dungeon. But they said they found some stairs leading down and there was this monster there that they, they were scared of, right? And uh, my players can go, that monster? You know? That sounds like, like a, I don't know, a goblin, right? You know, or um, that that sounds like a bugbear. You know, we can take a bugbear, no problem. So I, I think I'm going to use that as a plot. Uh, so let's see, that's two, right? I've got my city invasion thing. Um, I, I'm going to um, throw some throw some stuff up about that. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I don't. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't know how much how secret I want it to be. But there's going to be something about that. There's going to be uh, something about um, a a dungeon, a new dungeon found in uh, the plains to the south. I think. Uh, so I'm going to write up a hex map and start populating that and uh, clear out dungeon level one for them. Also, I am going to um, maybe maybe. Uh, start a rumor about something deep in the sewers, right? Because I've got, um, I'm basically going with kind of a um, uh, uh, undermountain kind of thing under um, the city of Zobek. Uh, so I've got sewers, right? Which is kind of the 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 under the under rail or the under the the cartways and um, the sewers. And like, this is where the, the, the ne'er-do-wells travel, right? But a level below that is um, a dungeon level, right? And this is dungeon level one. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep going with it, right? Uh, I've got some tables that I'm rolling on and sometimes they have stairs down, sometimes they have chutes down. Sometimes, you know, it's, uh, there's teleportation circles down. Um, and I'm just gonna keep going with that as far as I can. Uh, I need to sit down and maybe uh, flesh out a couple more sections of that. Um, not that my players will definitely go down and go the directions I go, um, but I feel more prepared if I go down. Um, I also kind of want to modify it more. Like the deeper you go down, the more likely it is to be a dead end because um, I want uh, sub-levels, right? I don't want you to be able to go from 
uh, explore all of level one and then go down the stairs and explore all of level two. I want you to uh, hit some barriers there and go, oh, whoa, this is this is blocked off. There's a dead end. Um, and, I, and so far in my, um, in my uh, whatever, I, I haven't, uh, in my tables, I haven't encountered a lot of dead ends. So I think I need to increase the uh, option of dead ends. Um, I believe that um, I switched from a D6 to a D4 for exits. Uh, I think I left it at a D4 minus one. Um, I might go to a D4 minus two for dungeon levels, or I might, um, yeah, I don't know. I might go for a D6 minus two, right? So then I have two options for uh, dead end, and then I have four options for for ways out, right? And these are on a hex map, so I have, uh, ultimately I have six directions I can go out, right? Technically five, the one that they came in doesn't count. Um, so I can also do um, a D8, um, and that's kind of what I was doing at first. I was doing um, a D6 minus one, uh, so all the exits were accounted for, uh, except for the one you came in, right? Um, and then zero would be a dead end. Uh, then I moved to the D4, which, uh, minus one, which zero would be a dead end, which increased the chance of it coming up slightly from, what, one-sixth of a hundred, what is that? Um, I am not fast with the math right now. Um, so one-fifth would be 20%, so it's like uh, 17 or 18%, something like that. Um, and... Uh, from from eighteen percent to twenty five percent, which it's a big leap, but on on dice it's not. It's a one in six or a one in four. So I think by increasing that minus to a minus two, I can do two and six, which would be doubling the chances, right? So two and six would be a third. So that would be a thirty three percent chance, right? Um, so. So what's half at 33, right? We can do it there. 16 and a half is what it would be. So 16 to 25, that's a that's a 10% jump, all right? And that's not that's not making me feel good enough yet. So if I go from 16 and a half to 33, that's a 16% jump. That might make dead ends a little more common where uh, I'm looking for, or in w more common as what I'm looking for, right? Um, it's all experimental. That's that's how this is working. And uh, if that doesn't work, then I can move it to a D4 minus 2, right? And that's a 50% chance that there is no exit on this hex. That's all the nuggets we got this week. If you want to reach out, you can leave a voice message in the Anchor FM app, website, or send a file to my email. You can email me at cockatricenuggets at slackernerds.com or leave a comment on my website, slackernerds.com. This podcast is available wherever fine podcasts are stored. So let me know how I'm doing by leaving me a rating on iTunes or your preferred podcaster. Thanks for listening.